everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Porn in the Gospel. I'm your host, Spencer Sutton. Man, I'm glad to be here with you. I'm glad that I am able to open the Word of God and share some thoughts with you. And, you know, what I love about the, uh, the new year is that typically uh, things slow down towards the end of the year, especially between Christmas and, and New Year's Eve. And there's just a lot of great time for reflection, a lot of great time for asking uh, good questions to yourself. And so probably the first thing that I want to do before we really get started here is I just want to encourage you, if you have not uh, settled um, and made it a priority to spend time in the word every single day. I want to encourage you to do that. Like this should be priority number one for every man, for every person to spend time in the word, allowing the word of God to speak directly to you. Um, and I just want to encourage you. There's, there's several ways. Uh, my family and I were texting back and forth, uh, yesterday morning, because my brother sent out a text and said, Hey, I'm reading through the Bible. Here's the plan. Follow along with me. And so, uh, we were all kind of going back and forth and, and saying what we were doing for the new year for 2022. And a lot of people read through the Bible. And I think that's great. Allison did that this past year. And it's, it's definitely gets you in the word, keeps you on a schedule. I think there's a lot of great plans out there that you can follow to do that. Now, what I did this past year was actually slow down and read through just specific books in the Bible uh, at a very deliberate pace. And I, I followed a, uh, an author or commentary that I, I thought would be very, very helpful. Uh, one of them was Tim Keller. Uh, I believe his commentary on Judges. Another one was Tim Chester. Another one uh, that I have enjoyed is Richard Phillips. So anyway, just make it a, a priority. If you don't have any goals, any targets, any resolutions, I'm going to encourage you to make, just create one, like just create one. And the whole goal, the whole purpose is so that you can fall in love with the gospel every single day. And, and this is, this is the great, um, when, when I named this, uh, thing that I started called natural porn killer, that's what was in my mind. Like, like the natural porn killer is the gospel. I could say it another way. I could say it supernatural porn killer, but it doesn't really sound as, as good, <laughs> but really what it is, is the, the porn killer is just a love for God's word. And so it's, it's not a removal of porn from our life. That's what a lot of people want to want to do. It's the replacement of porn with something far greater that brings you joy and not shame. And so to that end, let's get started. I want to I want to encourage you with this message because this is something every single man needs to hear. Every single man needs to hear this this message and be exhorted, encouraged, and charged by Paul, just as he did the church in uh, Thessalon Thessalonians here in this uh, first Thessalonians. So let's 
look at these. We're just going to look at four simple verses here. We're going to talk about it. And, um, and then I, th these are, there's some very practical applications that you can walk away with, especially for the new year, especially for the new year, as you think about like, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is What do you want my life to look like in 2022? And it doesn't matter if you're listening to this in June of 2022 or November of 2023 or 24. I don't care. Like, take this to heart. You don't need a new year to start like turning your life towards gospel truth. You don't need uh, this December to January. It's just, I just happened to be reading this this morning. And, and this is, these are the things that really struck me from this letter of Paul. So let's look at first Thessalonians two, nine and nine through 12. For you remember brothers, our labor and toil, we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Those are the verses. So what we see here is Paul was not some traveling pastor who came into town, who set up a tent, who shared a message, collected money, and then moved on. No, Paul came into town bearing battle wounds. Like he had scars to show people and he didn't shy away from the message that had given him those wounds. Instead, he used them as an example of what a life in Christ might require from these new converts. We know 2 Timothy 3.12, he, he told Timothy, he said, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So I don't want you, brother, to shy away from a life of difficulty. Like people are not always going to agree with you. And I would say the first place that we must start is getting very uncomfortable with ourselves, with our current habits, our current addictions, our current lifestyles. Like Paul could say, you, you know, like you were witnesses of how we lived. We didn't shy away from this. So while others, and I'm thinking of, of pastors back in this day, while others look for profit in the path of least resistance, Paul had the purity of his message as his number one priority. And he called God, he called the church here at Thessalonica as his witness, as well as God. And so Paul had just, in, in the previous verses, Paul had just compared his love and concern for these believers like a gentle mother, like ready to provide for their child's every, every need. He said um, this in verse 7, he said, but we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. So Paul is saying, like, we were just like 
mothers, like taking care of you, loving you, nurturing you. And then he turns to the example of a father. And so some of you listening may be fathers, but he says this, he says, for, you know, how, like a father with his children, we exhorted, we encouraged, and we charged those three things. Like he's, he's doing this. He's, he's exhorting them, encouraging and charging them to follow his example, not just what he talks about. And this is the struggle. As I was reading this, this is the struggle with, with the local church. A lot of local churches today, especially I go to a very large church and part of my struggle is that, you know, is that I'm not living life with my pastor and I'm just thinking of pastors. I'm not living life with my pastor. And so that I can't, like, I, I know Matt and, and I have every confidence that his life would commend the gospel. I have every confidence that his life, like he would be able to say, like, follow me as I follow Christ. And, and so I know that about, I know enough about Matt to know that. However, there are plenty of people that just come into churches and out of churches and don't know their pastor. And, and so it's more difficult. It's, it's easy to stand up on stage and preach a message and then go off stage and isolate and, and go back and, and kind of go into your office and study and then come back out and preach the next week and then go back into your office and study and come back out and preach. Now that this doesn't mean that pastor can, our church is, I don't know, 2000 members, 3000 members. It's very, very difficult for him to share his life with all those people. He can't do that. But to me, that's just one of the struggles that we have. So we need to find ways to be open and honest about our life. So Paul here is saying, hey, follow my example, not just my talk. Like walk out your faith. Walk out your faith. Go to war first with your sin and then on behalf of the gospel in the world. Be prepared to take opposition because it's coming. It's coming. So look at what, look at three, nine, 10, and 11. He says three different ways. You remember, you are witnesses, you know. Like he's reminding the church of his own conduct and motives in living and sharing the gospel among them. And what I would say is that you and I need to be doing the same thing. Like I need to be able to point to my brothers in Christ and say, listen, you know how I lived. Like you knew everything about me. You knew that I had struggled with porn for X amount of years and how I found freedom. You know that I'm struggling now with X, Y, Z. I was just thinking about this just recently because I was setting targets for 20 22. And I had to get very, very honest with myself and look at the fact that I had set, um, giving targets last year and I fell short of that. And so it's, it's taken me some time to really evaluate and examine my heart and, and 
like ask myself, am I walking? Am I truly walking in faith? Am I trusting God with every resource? And it's good that other brothers know, not necessarily the amount, but just my desire in, in that. And, and that I fell short in that, that like, I, I didn't, I didn't accomplish what I set out to do. So it's, it's, it's making me come face to face with, am I like, am I willing to walk the walk, not just talk the talk? And so Paul here is saying, you remember, you are witnesses, you know, like he not only had nothing to hide, but he had nothing to be ashamed of. His motives and his actions were aligned with his message. Now, although Paul was not perfect, he could still confess that he was living his life in a manner worthy of the calling of Christ. He boldly proclaims that their conduct among them, like he and Silas, our conduct among you was holy and righteous and blameless. And this is one of Paul's most powerful assets in his gospel proclamation. He says, I have nothing to hide. Now, this doesn't mean, again, that he was perfect, that he didn't have sin in his life, because he did. But there were no obvious sin patterns in Paul's life. And so, brother, you have a responsibility to examine your life. You have a responsibility to look at your life and to, and to be brutally honest with yourself and with other brothers who God has brought into your life to exhort you and encourage you and to charge you to walk in a manner worthy of God. Right? Like Paul is not only saying live this way. Like he's not only saying that he lived this way, he's exhorting them to live this way. Take their calling. See what he says? Who calls you into his own kingdom and glory? Take your calling seriously. Let it shape every aspect of your life. So we have this incredible God who calls us to a life beyond this world. Like this world is not our home. We are pilgrims. We are on a journey. We are in the wilderness. The promised land is coming. We must endure. We must keep walking. It's relentless forward progression by the power of God in the gospel. Like our citizenship is in heaven. And, and because of that, you and I have a different calling, a different direct, a different directive. So what does walking worthy of God look like? And this is what I want to get to here. This is what I want to, this is what I want to tell you. These are the things I've, I've written out three things that I believe, and I mentioned them in the last podcast, but I want to dive just a little bit deeper into these. What are the three things that I believe as a man 
who's been born again, if you've been born again by God, you trusted Christ as your Savior, then you have these three callings on your life. Like This is what it looks like to walk in a manner worthy of God. We see it in Paul's life. We see it in other believers' lives. So here are the three things. Number one, you have a mandate to kill sin. You have a mandate to kill sin. Romans 8, 13 through 15 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death, that is killing sin. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Men who are hiding their sin, their habitual sin, are living proof that they are living, they are slaves to fear. And this is what Paul's saying. He says, you didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Like your spirit is a spirit of boldness to cry out, Abba, Father, like help me. You're my father. I have a new identity. No matter how my father treated me when I grew up, I have a new father. And I have a mandate to kill sin. This is, this is what this new nature allows us to do. We kill sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. Colossians 3, 5 through 8 says, put to death, same language. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Brother. You do not want to be looking at pornography when the wrath of God is revealed on the day of Christ's second coming. You, you don't. You don't. Like we, we don't think often enough about the second coming of Christ. And that's why I'm excited to be studying the book of First Thessalonians because he talks about this and I'm excited to learn more about it and, and be encouraged by it. Like we should be encouraged. We should be looking forward, not, not hoping he doesn't come while I'm looking at porn for three or four hours. He says, in these two, you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. And this goes along. This is in conjunction with sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, right? So you have a mandate to kill sin. This is number one. This is number one. I'm telling you, there's freedom in, in being okay with who you are. There's freedom in that. Uh, Alice and I were just talking about this the other day, just how freeing it is to live as your authentic self. Like, I don't have to put on a mask for anybody. I don't have to pretend for anybody. Does that mean that everybody's going to like me? No, and that's okay. Not everybody's going to like me. I'm okay with that. I, I just desire to live 
like Paul shows us here, very open and honest life. And so your man, number one is your mandate to kill sin. Number two, you have a mission to make disciples. So as you kill sin, as you kill sin, you should also be making disciples. Paul's entire life was lived on full display for his disciples to see. You can't make disciples when you're hiding and isolating parts of your life. And you're hoping, oh, I hope this person never finds out about what I've struggled with. No, making disciples is about sharing your entire life. I mean, how many of us have accountability partners that we may have confessed porn to once or twice, but then we hope that they never bring it back up again? Like, please, I hope they never bring it back up because I don't want to confess because I don't want to feel bad. I don't, I don't, and, or I don't want them to think less of me. And that's just proof that we're fearing man rather than God. So Paul's entire life was on full display for his disciples to see. That's why he says, you know, you are my witnesses. You remember. So you and I need to level up and stop just showcasing our righteousness before other people and before people we're leading. We've, we just need to be honest with what we're struggling with and so that we can bear one another's burdens that Paul talks about in Galatians. But then making disciples is like intentionally living before other people, other men that you are leading either to Christ or to maturity in Christ. Many of you who are listening to this, like you, you, you should be like eating meat, what Paul talks about. Instead, you, you need milk. Like you're still in the nursery of the Christian faith, but you need, like you should be leading other men to Christ and leading them into maturity. And this is what disciple making is all about. And Jesus, what Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So you see four different verbs there. Go make disciples, baptize, teach. There's only one imperative verb, and that's make disciples. That's what our life is to be about. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden. God was telling them, go be fruitful, multiply. Why? Because he wanted the whole earth to be filled with his image bearers. And today, Christ says, go forth, multiply, make disciples, so the earth can be filled with image bearers men and women who look like Christ, who are being conformed into his image. So number one, we have a mandate to kill sin. Number two, you have a mission to make disciples. And then number three, you have a mindset to finish this endurance race. So you can see what I did there with those three M's. <laughs> Man, is it helpful for me to remember mandate to kill sin, mission to make disciples, and mindset to finish the race? 
Your minds are powerful, powerful. Brothers in Christ, listen, your minds are powerful. We, we need to renew our minds daily in the gospel, daily in the word of God. We have to have our minds transformed by the gospel. You need to present your mind before God. It's your sacrifice to him every single morning. If I don't present my mind to God in the morning, then it, it, it will wander into places that I don't want it to wander into. Colossians 3 says this, if, you, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. How do you seek things that are above? You start with your mind. Seek things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are of earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And so I want to ask you this. How are you setting your mind on things above? And then compare that to how much time you spend setting your minds on things that are not above. And I'm not talking about work. I mean, everybody has to go to work. God uses us in our work. But in your leisure time, how much of that time is set on things above? It's just a good question to ask. You can, if you have an Apple, you get a screen time notification every Sunday morning. I think, well, that's when mine comes. And I can look and see, you know, hey, what did my screen tell me? What is my screen telling me? What is Apple telling me how I'm using my time? First Peter 4, 1 and 2 says this, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves. Here we are. This is like going to war. Arm yourself with the same way of thinking. Thinking, that's your mind. So he's saying, hey, you're a soldier and you need to arm yourself in your mind. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. You have to think, you have to arm yourself, you have to go to war with your own stories, with your own thoughts, in order to live out the will of God. First Peter 4, 7, later in that same chapter, he says, the end of all things is at hand, therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Earlier in the book, 1 Peter 1.13, therefore preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Sober-minded. That's the second time he said that. Romans 12.2, we all know this verse, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, which is what Peter tells us to live for. You may discern what, the, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. By testing, like you're going to be tested. And then talking about it, so this is using your mind, then talking about endurance, the writer in Hebrews says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, 
looking to Jesus. So how do we look to Jesus? We use our minds. We discipline ourselves. We go to war with our sin. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then lastly, 2 Timothy 4, 6-8, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul endured to the end. Paul endured to the end. This is an endurance race. You likely know brothers who have not endured, who have fallen away who have turned their back on the gospel. Paul says this, Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. He's writing this letter to Timothy. And so Paul is writing to Timothy, doing the exact same thing that he had done with the church at Thessalonica. He is exhorting him, he's encouraging him, and he is charging him. So brothers, to live a life worthy of God, you must take these three things very, very seriously. Your mandate to kill sin, your mission to make disciples, and your mindset to finish this endurance race. Like there is no easy path. There is no easy button as 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 much as we want it like when i help guys who are struggling with pornography when i help them like walk in freedom this is one of the first things i tell them is like this is not this is not an easy button there is none that's why the number one thing you have to do is is be honest brutally honest with yourself and ask yourself do i really want to get well because Getting well is going to force me to, to admit things and think about things that I may have pushed off to the side, that I may have ignored. And I'm thinking about this because just yesterday morning, I was um, writing some targets. So I like to look at writing targets and goals across the four domains that we all live in, my physical body. Like, what do I want for my physical body in 2022 for my family? So body, this is balance. So my family, what do I want for my family in 2022? I got to think through those things for my business. Like I work every single day. And so what, what am I looking for in my business at the end of 2022? What, what are the targets I'm aiming for? And then most importantly, my being, my spiritual life. What am I wanting for my spiritual life? And so these are all great things. Those four domains, if you can break those out and set targets for yourself, they have the ability to change your life. But one of the biggest mistakes that people make is that they don't get very clear about where they currently are. And do you know why they don't? because they don't like looking at the truth. The truth hurts sometimes. The truth hurts. 
when I look back, I was just mentioning to you earlier, when I look back at my life, I have to go the, over 2021. like, God, why didn't I finish the year strong in my giving? In my generosity, the generosity that you've called me to, why didn't I not finish strong? And so the, the temptation for me to do is just to ignore what 2021 looked like and then just look ahead to 2022 and say, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to have a great year, 2022. People refuse to deal honestly with the truth of their life. And this is the problem. And so when you think about your mandate to kill sin, think about the sin in your life. What specifically are you trying to kill? If you're listening to this, then you may have hope, you may have a desire, you may have like a conviction in yourself that this is the year that you're finally going to be done with pornography and masturbation. And this is a good, good thing. But I want to encourage you before you start thinking about the end of 2022 and being porn free, I want you to get very, very clear about where you currently are. Like write it down, write it down, look at it, stare at it in the face. Get very clear about your, like, how are you or are you not making disciples? Are you leading your family? Like, those are your primary disciples, the people in your home. If you're married, you have a wife that you've been called to disciple. If you have kids, you have children you've been called to disciple. And then you have a local church that you've been called to connect to. And then others, probably at the workplace, at the workplace, is God calling you to disciple another brother at the workplace? But be clear, where are you? And then lastly, what does your mind think about the most? Like, are you enduring? Are you, like, are you more like Paul who says, listen, I don't have anything to hide and I know that this life in Christ is not supposed to be some easy cakewalk or are you doing your best? Are you doing your best to find all, to, to use your money, to use your time, to use your mind, to like escape reality. And this speaks to sedation. Like we all, we all have a temptation to go and sedate and not to deal with the hard truths in our lives. And sedation comes in many forms, but I mean, pornography is most definitely one of them. When we don't want to deal with the truth of what's going on in our life, we would like to sedate with pornography or we sedate with food or we sedate with shopping or we sedate with social media or we sedate with whatever, the gym, you name it. We can sedate with it. All right, brothers. It's 2022. And man, I just pray that the Lord would just penetrate your heart with the good news of the gospel. <laughs> Such glorious news. God, I pray that the men listening to this podcast right now would be 
encouraged, just encouraged to kill sin in their life, to wake up, to fight sin, to recognize that their new identity gives them new directives. And this new identity gives them new power through your word, through your gospel, and through your Holy Spirit to kill sin and also to make disciples and also to set our minds on things above. Like all three of those things, God, are by your grace. And so we come before you praising your name, worshiping you, and hoping in you. Like, God, this life is not going to be easy. Confronting sin in our life is not easy, but we trust you. We hope in you. If we have to have hard and difficult conversations with our spouse, with our accountability partners, with our parents, whatever the case, God, I pray that you would give us the ability to walk without fear. Lord, reveal the fear that is swirling in our minds and in our spirits. God, reveal to us if we are like the Israelites who refuse to face down Goliath. And then when you reveal that, God, would you give us courage through your word to do the things we know we need to do? And the ability to trust you with the outcomes like there's so many times I shrink back and fear God just because I'm scared of the outcomes. I'm telling myself stories of the outcomes and you're just saying, trust me, like give it to me. I'm your good father. If you're a father, if you're a good father and wants what's good for your children, how much greater am I? God, you give us the good things that we ask for most notably, as Luke says, most notably your Holy Spirit. So Lord, may the comforter come and just speak to the hearts of the men who are listening to this podcast. God, I praise you. God, thankful for new days and new years and new vision and the same gospel message. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, brothers. I'm going to ask you probably every single episode to leave a review if you would. It helps other, other guys find this podcast. If you found encouragement, then great. If you haven't found encouragement, then most definitely I wouldn't leave a review <laughs> at all. All right, guys, I'll be back with another episode of Porn in the Gospel sometime in the near future, maybe within a week, maybe next weekend. All right, guys.